The All-Ireland Hurling Final Podcast on News Talk. Welcome to News Talk's All-Ireland Final Podcast. It is a massive occasion in Irish sport. And we are out and about for this podcast as we look ahead to Tipperary against Kilkenny and indeed Limerick against Tip in the minor final. And the reason we're out and about is because we've come out to see Dublin uh, cornerback and former Galway minor hurler Niall Corcoran. Uh, because Niall is of Kilmacud Croaks and a massive part of of the hurling final weekend is the Kilmacud Croaks hurling sevens. We will get to that in a while. But first, Niall, how excited are you about All-Ireland hurling final Sunday and weekend? Yeah, look, it seems always a great occasion. Uh, it's uh, it's one of those weekends, you know, you, you highlight in, uh, in your calendar in the start of January, you know, and uh, again on Sunday, another great uh, classic probably against uh, Tipperary versus Kilkenny. So looking forward to that game and uh, no doubt it'll be it'll be another thriller uh, and hopefully they'll, they'll follow on from the, the Ireland semi-finals that we had there a few weeks ago. Now we'll talk about the ins and outs of the game and we're going to hear from various parties from the two different camps across the course of this podcast. We're going to hear from Paul Murphy, the cornerback. We're going to hear from Owen Larkin, Kilkenny's, I suppose, is it fair to say iconic forward at this stage? Legendary forward? Well-known forward at the very least? <laughs> Certainly well-known forward. You know, he's a fantastic player and again, uh, you know, he'll have another huge impact again. Uh, his experience alone for, for Kilkenny will be huge come Sunday. Yeah, it will indeed. We're also going to hear from Brendan Marr of Tipperary because... Some would say that Tipperary maybe just have a mental block against Kilkenny. Maybe Kilkenny have the Indian sign over Tip. I'm not sure if you agree with that now, but we're going to talk to Brendan Marr about it. Yeah, look, it's a mate I met Shane McGrath a couple of weeks ago and he said, you know, Kilkenny, he described Kilkenny as, as, as the villain in the horror movie, you know, you can, you can never kill them off. And, uh, you know, probably since 2010, you know, uh, Kilkenny, you know, have, you know, they certainly have come out on top in, in those uh, big battles with, with Tipperary. And I suppose for, from, a, from a Tip point of view, you know, I'm sure they'd like to get one over and this will be, you know, a critical game uh, come Sunday. You know, they'll really want to want to get this one in the bag. Well, before all that, we're going to talk to Michael Ryan, the Tipperary manager. And again, a question for you. Are teams a reflection of their manager? Oh, look, Ocean, I think they are. You know, uh, you look at Tip this year, I think they've... Uh, they really impressed me. They have this, they have this steely look about them this year. Uh, really tested, in my opinion, for the first time against Galway. And look, they pulled through. They pulled through by a couple of points. And they have guys like Dan McCormack, who uh, you know is, is uh, does a huge amount of, I suppose, donkey work uh, around the middle third for Tipperary. And I suppose that's what. Michael Ryan's brought to this tip set up there's that steely work rate and you see bubbles of the wire now will he start the next day you don't know uh, you see the work rate in Niall Amara and that's what Michael Ryan's look for and he look, looks for that high octane uh, work rate from his players and look if you bring that to the table you have every chance of starting on Sunday so yes is your answer Tipperary are a reflection of their manager Michael Ryan that's what you think Niall Corcoran we'll come back to you in a while but what does Michael Ryan the man himself think I caught up with him and asked him that very same question I just put to Niall are his team a reflection of him, a hardy, steely, tough cornerback with a bit of metal and an ability to win dirty ball. I didn't write the manual, uh, you know, in terms of in terms of uh, how how Tip uh, would play. Uh, I think a lot of this goes, you know, a lot of this goes down to the players too. You know, we I, I think we always have to adapt to, to what suits your players um, best. You know, in, and look. There's always improvements that can be had. You know, you mentioned that they were highly skilled. I, you know, I would have, I, I would certainly say that we didn't give that maybe enough. Uh, you know, enough, um, enough focus last Sunday. Um, you know, to show our skills. But cr- full credit to to Galway. You know, I, they were, certainly weren't in the mood to to allow us. Uh, embellish the games with with our with our skills or anything like that. Um, they made us sweat for every score that we got. Um, 
But, you know, it, it is a mix of, of, of all of the, the facets of hurling and are you know, the, the perfect yeah. team game, you know, that has, you know, that kind of physicality where you need it to win the ball. I mean, like the object of it all is at all times is get control of the ball and make the maximum use of it. So it's whatever, you know, whatever it takes for you to do that. That's really what you're trying to achieve. It's noticeable though, even some of the guys who've come into the team, the likes of Dan McCormick and Seamus Kennedy, they're big guys, whereas some of the guys you lost, maybe Shane McGrath, was more of a mover of the ball, you know, able to handle himself, but he wouldn't be as as big or as physical as those kind of lads. Yeah, well, look, you know, again, I I, I, w- I would be saying, you know, um, we're just blessed in in that we, you know, those are the guys that came through. Um, and, and look, you know, at, at the earlier stages in the year, we had up against against forty players uh, working with us on a week in week out basis. Um, and you know, the, the what the real difficulty with that is that. You're working through January, February, and March uh, with with the extended panel, and you really hardly have enough games for them because the league is so competitive nowadays. Uh, you you know there's, there's there is a, a very finite limit to the, to the amount of um, new players that you can ever have on this uh, you know on, on any league Sunday and expect to to be you know to have a, a respectable you know quota of points in the bag at the end of the, the league proper so you know that you want to be in the, at, the, at the latter ends of the of the league competing at at least quarterfinal stages and beyond now we didn't get beyond the semi-final stage or the quarterfinal stage this year um, but I suppose that immediately gave us the, the impetus to go and focus on, on the championship yeah. Regards the, the setup and the way you play people are pointing out that it's orthodox you know it's a 15 man game when you put that question to Derek McGrath, and especially in relation to the two games against Kilkenny, he would say, "No, you're actually oversimplifying." Am I oversimplifying by saying that it's 15 man for ah, Tipperary? No, um, I don't think so. You know, there's only 15 in the pitch. Yeah. You know, I think that's the that's the constant here. But in terms of how you'd ever use them and how you know, uh, we're we're always trying to you know to create create uh, opportunities for our fellas. You know, like that that's that's the game. You know. Um, the forwards have, are there to attack and prize openings and get scores, and you know they're the guys that yeah that that play with their backs to the goals. You know I, I I'd never underestimate you know and it's typical of a back like me to say this, but I'd never underestimate how difficult it is for the forwards. Like they're the guys that play with their backs to the goal all of the time. Um, you know, um, it was always easier to do our job at the back because you know it was effectively one dimensional. Put it back down the direction as after coming to you. Um, but but you know. I, I just I, just, I, I would feel that you, we've got to find you know a balance here uh, that allows us to, to express ourselves and allow us to you know to to find those those openings um, that we you know we're craving. Was that the key for you this year? Because at times we could see Bonner running through and moving the ball, but at other times Paddy Mar was taking it in the half back line. His brother Ronan was doing the same. Seamus Kennedy was doing the same, and the lads behind him, James Barry, etc., were firing it long and you know you do have those ball winners uh, up front yeah. if that's the game you want to play which you have done at times but there, you know I, I, w- I would emphasize um, that there is no one um, you know type of game that we're trying to play we're trying to we're, you know we're trying to have uh, a, you know a very much a mix of, uh, of the game you know that, you know that we're attacking you know like clearly you know clearly we you know we we love to try and create goal opportunities but they're they're very difficult to to create those goal opportunities when you're playing top opposition backs like you know typically Galway last week um you know we found it very very difficult and it was very late on by the time we um we did create those opportunities and even beyond that we created other opportunities that we 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 just weren't able to take because it was a super um goalkeeping uh, at one point to deny John McGrath uh, and it's just it's just so difficult you know they, they, these are top oppositions you're oppor- you know 
finding opportunities or finding you know little gaps there to, to open up the defence is very 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 difficult and it takes a lot of patience. Um, but yet you know that's the whole game. You know yeah. that's the that's that's why we go to watch it uh, and see how people set up and. Um, but look, the, the very, the very con- constant uh, thing about about it all is that teams set up to suit their their, their squad. Yeah. And the key thing, regardless of what the tactic is, regardless of what the system is, I know that's a dirty word around hurling, but the, regardless of what the system is, that guys work hard and the work rate individually of these guys is phenomenal. It was phenomenal in the Munster final. It was pretty good in the previous two games. I mean. It, that could easily be spotted when it was against Limerick. He went down to 14 men and still won it comfortably enough. And against Galway in the semi-final, it was work rate in many ways that got you through that game. Yeah, I would agree. Um, uh, like you know, I think work rate is 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 you know, it's a, it's the buzzword nowadays. You know, and, yeah. and we're all talking about work rate and intensity. What exactly is it to you? Yeah. As a manager. Well, well, effectively, you know, that's that's the willingness, to, you know, to fight for every single ball. Yeah. You know, it's not every second ball; it's every single ball, uh, and that's what it would mean, you know, for us as a management team that, like. There's no lost causes. Every single one of those can be chased down. You know, whether it's putting pressure on the back and not to let him, you know, get a, a big clearance down the field, or, um, or, or, or clearly, obviously, trying to stop a forward getting through on goal or anything like that. Like that's everything is is got to do with work rate, but and selflessness. You know, and wh- what are you doing for the team? It's all about the team. The team wins. Um, it's never about the individual here. Um, and guys being willing to to you know go and leave your the part of the field you're in and go and find work somewhere else or help out a colleague or make yourself available or make the run. Uh, like, And a lot of it can be unseen and unrewarded. You know, you may not get the ball, but, you know, we, we place a huge value on that. Is that something you had to address? Is that something that you concentrated on? I don't think, I don't, you know, I don't think it was any... Um, like, was know. that the one key thing when you were coming in? You said, right, this is what is going to be the difference between last year and this year and maybe the year before. Well, I, I suppose when, when we got together, you know, this year we set out our stall. We said, look, we had failed last year, uh, and I know the, mar- the margin was very tight um, to get through a real tight game against Galway, um, and and you know, d- they got to a level of intensity that we simply didn't get to. Uh, so you know, I think the, the, you know, I suppose you do think uh, and more about you know your failures, and we failed last year to get through against Galway, and uh, like we we just had to, we couldn't, we could not take, or we couldn't not take those messages, or you know that me- that very obvious message on board yeah. that we were failing in that particular area and we had to address it in some way shape or form now it's not the only thing that we needed to concentrate on um, but what we did create and, and in fairness the squad have absolutely bought into it is a very healthy competitive environment um, I, I think I'm pretty sure that we didn't name the same 26 for any given day um, now you know that's that's quite tough on the players outside of the 26 and we, we're using 34 fellas and we we quite often we have to get in extra guys as well just to, you know in terms of injury load or whatever is going on um but those boys are devastated when they're not yeah. in the 26 it really means an awful lot you know and i think that's the first step in the right direction for us is that you know if those guys are competing so hard to get into the 26 it's inevitable that the 26 are going to compete hard to get into the 15. And I guess you want every guy, whether they're starting or not starting, to develop a couple of every, you know, a, a couple of percent, regardless of how much talent they've shown in the past couple of years. I mean, we all saw last year what Seamus Cannon is capable of. Mm. In the semi-final against Galway, they, you know, they did a good mar- job of marking him. He worked hard. He created space. He took his freeze well. Um, but what really stood out was that little bounce hand pass mm. to mm. John McGrath for the goal. And live, I thought to myself. 
Now, surely he got the stick to it and passed yeah. it across. My eyes are deceiving me. I watched the game back today and I sat back and all going, wow. Yeah, it was. It was one of those moments, um, you know, but and, and that was Seamus's moment. You know, that was you know, that was a huge contribution he made and he had the presence of mind. And, you know, I suppose what I've seen in many sports down through the years is that the great players appear to have time. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what I would have said. That was a great... That was like the Matrix, though, wasn't it? It was a little bit like that. It certainly was. Um, you know, almost Zinedine Zidane like this. I, I, that guy always intrigued me. That you know, how much time could he get on a football field? Um, and there's other guys, you know. But that was Seamus's, yeah, I, I think, biggest play of the of, of the game. And how late it came, yeah. and how and how big an impact it had. You know, I mean, yeah. a goal for us at that stage was a huge score. Yeah. Is In that fact, how Shamey's evolved over the last couple of years? You know that that moment is probably coming, even if you've got to the 69th minute and he hasn't scored from play. Wouldn't concern me, um, and it certainly wouldn't have concerned me that you know. I, I think Seamus led the line and made a huge contribution for us, which is yeah. you know clearly essential. Um, but you know. I've been watching Seamus in, in his in Club Hurling and in, in with the county literally since he broke through the minor ranks back in, in 2007. Um, he was part of our squad in 2008. You know, he was uh, absolutely wild talent um, even then. And, and even this year with his club, he's been in phenomenal form. You know, I've seen him destroy back lanes. Yeah, he's a savage talent. And it's, it's actually strange to think how long he has been around. He spoke about uh, winning an All-Ireland off the bench. He said it's not quite the same he wants to win one starting. You have a situation where you have John O'Dwyer busting himself to try and get into that starting 15, and he did himself he did himself a lot of favours with that goal the last day. Yeah, look at you know uh, players have to be ambitious. You know every player every player that's in the squad and any other squad for that matter, um, they all want to play. That's the one thing they all have in common. They want to play first and foremost. Um, and look, you you know you can't you know. I'm not a benevolent uh, father figure for these guys. I can't let them all play. It's not like that. Uh, but what they, they've absolutely bought into it, and that, and I think that's that's part of the maturity of this group. Um, you know that they understand uh, that we've got to be really, really, really competitive with each other. You know, right throughout um, you know the campaign, and be it be it in January, February, and March when you're trying to to, to get through that period and and um, you know survive from number 40 down to 34 and yeah. and and so on, uh, or whether you're Seamus Callan, you know looking to to repeat a performance like you had last year, or Bubbles Dwyer looking to nail in nail down a place for an All Ireland that he wants to win. Uh, I think I think the desire is the same for for all of them. I really yeah. do. It's a very raw desire, but ultimately to play. Yeah. And there's only one place to be, and that's on the pitch. He's not a dirty player. He's an aggressive player. Every player has to be aggressive. Is it something you have to address though? Because you know that that card against um, that le- the card against Limerick was silly. I mean, he has a talent, but if he's going to do stuff like that, it's going to cost him. It's a negative. Yeah, well, look, it's you know, I and what a price he paid is what I'd say about that. You know, and I and I have said it. You know, and I, and it's certainly not. I, I just feel you know punishment and crime here. Um, you know. We, we really, and, and, and I say this of all of us GA fans, we really pillar the poor old devil that gets the, the red card um, because quite often it's just pure frustration, you know, a moment's madness or red mist or whatever it is, um, but it's always born out of frustration. None of it, I, I have yet to, seen, to see, um, you know, ascending off at, at inter-county level where I, I, I stood back and said, wow, that was malice, yeah. you know. It's usually frustration and you know, just made a very poor decision, a split-second decision, and but they pay an awful price. They really do. You know, in one sense, you know, I'd be an advocate for saying, you know what, get him off the pitch. It's it's a black. You know, I I can see the merit of the black card in in um in in football. Now, having said that, a strike is a strike in hurling, and when you get a strike, you go off and and the team. But you could pay a huge price for that. 
Is it strange for you as a manager, though, because you want him to be aggressive in the right way? But you don't want to quell him because then he wouldn't be the same player. Well, this is it. Yeah, you know, um, you, you're always. It's it's a very fine line. Uh, it's a very fine line. Um, but you know, I think the players, they they to a man, they understand. Look, we've got to play this game, uh, you know, as hard and as fast as we possibly can to try and you know win and win at all costs and win the ball and uh, you know make stuff happen for your, for. But but look. It is. It this is. Uh, this is the speed of the game. You know, a mistimed tackle yeah. could be uh, no free, which uh, we had a very good example of that last week. Yeah. Um, you know, in in terms of Paddy ta- Paddy Mars tackle on Joe Canning, it was a very well timed tackle. Uh, the night before, we saw um, a, a similar type of t- of tackle that was slightly off. You know, and it's a free, uh, and and on top of a free, it could be a yellow card, and if it's frontal, it's 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 a very dangerous tackle. Uh, so, like, I wouldn't underestimate the skill levels of these guys, but they really play the game at a, a very very fast level, and they're so fast, so strong, so quick. You know, um, the hits are ferocious. Yeah. Speaking of that tackle, Paddy on Joe, yeah. the perfect shoulder, and yeah. people were delighted with it. It it, it actually stood out from the summer as a moment of the summer. I asked Paddy about that. I said, were you surprised by the reaction? And he said, maybe just a little, because that used to be the norm. He, and, and what he said was that the older people were delighted to see it. Are you <laughs> glad to see that? And I, I, I'm not for a moment, by the way, suggesting that either of you are glad that Joe got hurt because no, no one wants to see that. Not. But what I mean is, is, were you glad to see, right, physicality is being let go here. Physicality is allowed here. And that's okay so long as it's done in the right way. That's our game. That's hurling. I'd be a huge advocate for for that type of um, physical play. Um, now, it's it, now, and again, the difficulty is um, a mistimed one of those or a frontal one of those yeah. uh, is a very dangerous tackle. Yeah. So the execution of it is, is you know, I, I won't quite say it's, it's it's a skill in itself the timing has to be perfect absolutely perfect um but like you know and, and i suppose what made that particular uh, tackle stand out it was a, there were such big men like joe canning is a huge athlete uh, and i have seen several guys including tip fellas down down through the years and, and over the last number of months try to stop joe canning on one of his runs and it is he is exceptionally difficult to stop uh, and even noel mcgrath Two seconds earlier, or maybe even a second earlier, slightly mistimed his, and Joe just rode the tackle and yeah. and um, and you know moved on along the line. Uh, he got a goal against us in the league, and similarly, uh, Ronamar, um, you know, came across and hit and slightly uh, mistimed his tackle, and Joe had had his forward momentum had taken him past the impact. You know, so it's it's exceptionally hard to execute, but when it's when it's executed very well, yeah. I think it I think it it kind of sends out a. a a really good message of you know of how and I, I would think it was perfectly sporting and it's, it's none of it is not in the least malicious and nobody is ever you know I, and nor do I believe a chap would get hurt if executed properly yeah. but it's great to see because I suppose I was reared on a diet of you know hurling was a physical game um, and you know those those shoulder um, checks are, are you know and certainly you look at Prior to my my memory of hurling, you had those frontal tackles. Now they were, uh, you know, that was that yeah. that was more at home on a rugby field. Uh, but I thought that was I I, I thought that 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 man to man stuff, that hip to hip stuff, was fantastic to see. Yeah. Um, if we could just intermix that now with a little yeah. bit more ground hurling, did hang me up as a dinosaur <laughs> completely, and I would be a dinosaur, I suppose. Yeah. What are you doing, not playing two sweepers? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, we don't know who the referee is going to be at this stage. We're yeah. two weeks out from the final as we speak but I'm sure yourself and Brian Cody would love if it was let flow if the game was let flow if the, the physicality was allowed look at I think 
I think on All Ireland final day, uh, above any other um, hurling day of the year, I've I've always felt that you know referees buy into the game and um, they understand that this game is going to be incredibly competitive and they always are you know and they've been you know for the last number of years the All Ireland finals have been fantastic as far as I'm concerned and and I, t- I you know I, I I think the refs you know they they get a little bit of a feeling I'd say from the from the from the supporters too that this is a full house it's eighty thousand people they're here to to watch a good spectacle of hurling. Um, you know, and um, I, I, like, I think, and you know, I think the teams, the teams add to that too. You know, like the spirit in which every team that I have seen this year is playing the game is, is and it has been over the last number of years, has been absolutely first class. And I think really what you're trying to, you know, what you're hoping the refs will catch is catch the technical stuff because, yeah. you know, beyond that, I, I, I don't see. I, as I said, are to they you, doing I don't, that I don't, enough at the moment? I think they are. I, I think I, I really, I don't envy them their task because I said, you know, the pace, the skill levels of these guys, you know. And if you know if you're unfortunate enough and you're trying to watch this thing and and players have moved and surround the ball, you don't know what they're doing. You know, yeah. but but you're you're counting their steps and you're counting their time and things like that. Um, but the technical stuff, you know, the, like the stuff that that I would you know agree with. You know, you can't interfere with anyone's helmet, that kind of stuff. You, yeah. you know, you don't want that. Um, but you know, as regards to the normal cut and trust of the game. I've no issue with that, and I and I think the referees add to it. The ropes really? are probably the hardest thing to referee because they are. it's impossible to yeah. knock a guy off a ball. Now it used to be a case that you didn't really have these rocks yeah. because maybe hurlers didn't have that core strength to yeah. hold themselves over a ball, whereas now they all have it. Yeah, they do, and I suppose the one danger about those rocks too, and we have seen it, you know, at, at times during the, during the year, is that you know if you're unlucky enough to get to fall in one of those rocks, you're almost certain to give the free against you know uh, have a free given against you um, and and quite and I do feel sorry for some of the guys at the time because how do you get up if <laughs> yeah. these guys and you could have three or four guys in a ruck these days or more yeah. um, they're difficult to, to to call and you know a lot of the time I, I'd be just saying look throw the ball in you know yeah. restart that because it's, it's stuck it seems to be stuck but inevitably, inevitably somebody will come away with the ball um, as long as it's my team I won't mind <laughs> one last question before the Munster final in Limerick we James O'Connor on off the ball and we said, well, what kind of player was Michael Ryan, Mick Ryan? And he said, he was an incredibly tough cornerback and God help you if he got a run on you. <laughs> he meant that as a compliment. Because I think, you know, I think as a cornerback myself, granted at the lowest level possible, junior eight, I'm in the, the ninth league of Dublin hurling. No, we got promoted to the eighth league of Dublin hurling. Um, I think that, that the best compliment for a cornerback is to be called Hardy. Um are your team a reflection of you? Are they are they hardy? Is that what you kind of? No, I don't know. No, no, we need to we need to dispel a couple of myths here. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, yeah. um, you know, if 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 James O'Connor said, um, you know, he was teeth tougher, and, and you, there, there's a lot of code in there. <laughs> first, the first part of the code is he wasn't very skillful, uh, because otherwise they'd have mentioned skill. So that you can you the cornerback again, a compliment. Yeah, you're you're forming a picture here. Yeah. Functional. Yeah, when you hear those kind of. <laughs> There, there, he gave it, it everything. Yeah, exactly. What he didn't say was exactly that. But look, in terms of no, uh, you know, but we do, and, and when I say we, uh, the management team, and you know, and think about the kind of characters here. Declan Fanning was a recent player, the most recent player you'll remember him, and the way that he played the game yeah. is reflected in this team. Uh, the way I would have liked to play the game is reflected in this team. Uh, in how Conor Staken would have liked to to be playing the game today, and how he sees the game as should be played today, he's reflected as as is John Madden's. Uh, now we just happen to be of the same generation, us three, and Declan is younger than us. Um, but we've great debates about that too. You know, we like we, we hop off each other, and you know, so we we need to evolve. You know, but um, look, I think I think it. You know, 
we we are trying to we are trying to connect to with with you know with with our tradition because we have a great tradition we don't have a lot of we don't have the success to match it um but that doesn't stop us believing in 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 our tradition and and it is it's a you know it's something we're very proud of and a, you know a heritage that was created by generations of really good Tipperary teams um but we're trying to connect with that, and but it is it is something that we believe that the game needs to be played at 100 miles an hour, and it's, yes, it's going to be manly, uh, and the hits are going to get be hard, but they'll be fair, and we're very but but we've got to impose our skill levels on this game and our vision on this game, and we've got to create kind of you know the attacking flair, you know that you know, all the good things that Eamon would have been you know is renowned for, you know yeah. like that that I suppose the gift that Eamon brought to to to, to that bunch of players when we got together first. It was to allow them to see the greater game, you know, yeah. and uh, I think they've just gone on in leaps and bounds from there, yeah. uh, you know. And and uh, you mentioned it; they've retained that skill level, you know. And 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 I think that's the perfect blend, you know. That yeah. really, really hard work uh, ethic and um, combined it with with you know the skill levels that that we're lucky enough that this crop have up there. Yeah. Um, that's that's hopefully the perfect blend but we'll, we'll, we'll know soon enough This is the All-Ireland Hurling final podcast on News Talk and that was Michael Ryan the Tipperary manager it was uh, nice to get such a long chat with Mick Ryan because I won't say the hurling public doesn't know him because they do but many of the can I use the word term bandwagon jumpers Niall Corkin <laughs> many of those who don't follow hurling that closely or who are quite young might know Michael Ryan and they might know what he's about but I think by the time Sunday at 5 o'clock rolls around we will know what he's about whether they lose or win or possibly a draw remember we had three draws in a row that sequence ending in 2014 um, Brian Cody the Kilkenny manager a lot of people in Niall Corker want to know what Kilkenny's secret is what Brian Cody's secret is but the secret is there is no secret really isn't there that's probably it, you know. When you look at them play, I think, uh, you know, every every time they go out to play, you know, they just play it to win, and you know, you you nearly look at them, you nearly think, you know, if they lose this game, everything they've done, you know, along the years has has disappeared, and they play on the edge like that, and you know, they're just a very very ruthless outfit. Uh, I know they've been they've been described as functional early on the year, but look. They're just ruthless. They just win at all costs, and, and that's that, that's that's what they do, and um, that's what they, that's that's what they train for. And look, it doesn't matter who's on the jersey, who comes in. We saw against Waterford, they brought in a couple a couple of players, and 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 you know uh, the influence they had in the game. They just have this mentality and this, and this kind of culture of look, uh, they win the big games at all costs, and look at that. That's they're there. They're there. That's why they're, they're probably the top team over the last 10, 15 years. Now you've had some good results against Kilkenny in your time hurling with Dublin but you've also had some bad days. One of those bad days was earlier this year and it was the typical Kilkenny second half performance down in Port Leash when they came out and just blew Dublin away in that kind of opening 10-15 minutes of the second half. Yeah, actually, I think it was, I think it was nine minutes of Ushin. I think they had, they had us put away, you know, and uh, at half time we were thinking, you know, we're matching them for intensity, you know, we're, we're there with them and, you know, suddenly, suddenly we, we drop by a percent, they take advantage and they put you away and that's what they do and, you know, probably one of our our, uh, our failings tr- uh, down the years has been to match them for that intensity for the full 70, 72, 73 minutes and look again uh, in uh, Port Leash we got caught we got caught for that and uh, you know no better team to punish you and you know I'm sure every team looking at Kilkenny you know that, that's the that's the I suppose the consistency that you strive towards to, uh, and that's what it takes to, to win all Ireland's It's the easiest thing to identify but it's the hardest thing to prepare for 
Tipperary though look well set up to deal with it yeah I think they do look uh, looking at Tipperary and, and the outfit they have uh, I'm really really impressed with their with their forwards you know uh, people will talk about their backs and they look very settled with Rowan Maris in their back but again uh, looking at Bonnermar and the, I thought he performed brilliantly against Galway the last day and I think he'll be a crucial uh, player for them the next day again Shamie Callanan even though he's a bit subdued still was the creator of those goals that, that really edged out that game and uh, you know they'll, they'll, they'll need a lot of watching and I think uh, I do think that maybe the tip full back line will be really tested uh, come Sunday with these forwards now we'll come back to you in a minute, but first now we'll come back to you in a minute, but first we'll hear from Brian Cody, the Kilkenny manager, speaking to me ahead of the All Ireland hurling final against Tipperary. And as always, Brian laid it all on the line and gave all his secrets away. Oh no, wait a minute. I saw you frustrated with a couple of decisions in the semi final and the replay. What kind of things frustrate you? What 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 are you looking out for? What kind of annoys you about decisions? Well, again, I'm not looking out for anything, to be honest about it. You know, I mean, frustration or or animation or whatever else can come across, and it might be, you, you, who knows what it's about. Like, you know, it could be about something that maybe one of our players had done something or not done something or whatever it was or even whatever. And, you know, it's, it's a sport of the moment thing, obviously, and it's nothing is pre-planned about or anything like that. And sometimes you're told you're very animated, sometimes you're told, God, you weren't very animated. You know, who knows? Who knows? I don't go into either one or the other. I just go in to try and ensure that everything possible is done for us to be as competitive as we possibly can be. Occasionally you have a chat with the referee at halftime. Can you give us an insight into those chats? I think people are genuinely interested in what's said. Are you seeking clarification? What what goes on? I, I would say very, very seldom do I have a chat with referees at halftime. I, I, very, very seldom. And again, um, there's nothing, there's nothing um, fantastic to, to, to kind of relate about anything. I think uh, different people do different things on match days. I would have seen different managers over the years having having conversations with various officials or non-officials or whatever it is you could be there's a fourth official on the line always there as well talking to you the linesman is up and down you might have a chat here and there depends what's going on who knows we'll say the last day in Thurlis in the semi-final replay was there anything specific because the free count was fairly high against you in the first half and it kind of levelled off a bit in the second well I prefer to see levelling off to be honest with you you know I mean it was it was rather high in the first half and um, it's, it's unusual in, in, a, in a game of hurling to have it like that where it's kind of a bit skewed and that you know and I, I wouldn't be keeping track of, this, of, of the free count or anything like that but um, you'd, you'd pick up on it and you'd be going at half time and, and, and just take it from there Was the game kind of allowed flow more in the second half is, was that what you, you took from the second half I honestly don't know to be honest about it I, mean, I really don't know um, what's flowing and what's not flowing at the end of the day a foul is a foul and, 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 and the free is a free and obviously you, you, everybody will, will, will prefer to see it going your way and, 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 and rather than the other way but at the end of the day I'm, uh, it's, it's, everybody has their part to play in the game um, officials players management supporters everybody would you like if it was like rugby where referees go to coaches beforehand and say look this is what I'm looking out for this is what we're going to ping you can give him your opinion he can give you his would you like if that was the case well I honestly don't know what happens in rugby you know I don't know and maybe you do know Sheen. I, I, I actually don't know what happens in rugby so again I just don't know look I don't have any problem with the game with the game the way it is let, let the game let the game be played on, on Sunday week the way it's always played and it's a phenomenal game we have and everybody matters in the game and Michael Ryan has actually said the exact same thing let's hope it flows in those kind of rocks around the middle how important is strength in those is that something that you've kind of really prepared your team for because if you win the ball there or make good decisions there 
it really sets you up with a platform. And that was one of the things he did really well against Waterford, particularly in the second game. You used the ball from those situations really well. Yeah, well, I suppose we would have gone out to try and do the same thing the first day and maybe we didn't do it as well, you know, and that's a tribute to Waterford. Maybe it's something that we needed to work on ourselves. But, I mean, you say it's 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 real strength that matters there. But I think it is strength. Of course it's strength, and strength is a massive part of it. But it's also skill, you know. The biggest fellow doesn't always come out of those rocks of the ball. The strongest fellow doesn't always come out of those rocks of the ball. Skill is a huge element of all that as well, and those tight skills, those close-in skills, they're a huge part of the game. Is that why sometimes maybe guys are in their mid-twenties before they make a championship debut for Kilkenny. Obviously, there have been exceptions, but I heard Mark Bergen referred to as a young man a couple of times last week when I think he's 24 or 25. So is it a case that guys have the skill and they just need to build it up, they need to develop that and they have to be able to win the ball and that's why sometimes guys are around the squad a while before they make a championship debut? Well, I'd say Mark is probably 27 or 28, to be honest about it. being kind. (laughs) To be honest about it. And um, So, no, no, there's no prior end thing you've got to to do. I mean, lads have been on the team at 19, 2021, lads have been on the team with Shane Pendergast played not played, you know, he was Was that because he was strong enough? No, no. I had the skills as well. Shane is a strong lad, has always been a strong lad. No, no, it's it's a question. Sometimes it can be just it can be just hard look on lads that don't, that don't make a breakthrough easier. Sometimes it can have got to do with, you know, there's so many players vying for a position, whatever it is. Sometimes it might be the manager mightn't see what he should, what he should see. Who knows? They talk about hooks and blocks and say, oh, that's the difference. But you've made the point in the past that they are as big a skill as anything else that you can do with the ball or on the ball. And that's kind of the key to this Kilkenny team. Well, I wouldn't say it's the key to the Kilkenny team. You know, I, I say there's no key to any team, really. There's, it's it's a, a combination of things. It's a collection of things. But, I mean, they're massive skills. They're huge skills. I mean, everybody spoke about uh, the the hook that JJ got there a couple of years ago. Everybody could obviously speak about the hook that Parry Mar got in the last day on, on Conor Cooney. I mean, they're match-winning. <laughs> they're match-changing kind of situations. The same as someone scoring a wonderful pint or, or doing something else, you know. And... All the skills come together, all the skills matter, but every aspect of the game that you do on, on match day has an influence. This is News Talks All-Ireland Hurling Final Podcast. That was Brian Cody, the Kilkenny manager, uh, remaining pretty tight-lipped when I asked him what the nature of his conversation was with the referee at halftime and the semi-final replay against Waterford. Uh, Niall Corcoran still with me here at Kilmacud Croaks. And the reason we're out here is because obviously the Sevens is a massive part of the All-Ireland Hurling Final weekend. And we will get to that in a second. But first, Niall, um, does it have an effect on the players in a positive way when you see your manager getting animated at the right time and talking to the ref at the right time and just doing everything at the right time? Um, look, I suppose it does. You know, uh, when you look at... Uh, I suppose you know you talked about uh, you know the the manager the team a reflection of the manager but you know the manager you know uh, when you watch watched Cody against Waterford you know he set the trend you know uh, you know they were going to dominate every sector of the field and they're also going to dominate the sideline and that's the kind of message he'd send out to his players and it does you know I remember you know certain games you know Dela would have been very animated too uh, on certain games and you know it's that intensity you look at the sideline and you and you see that going on look you know you're in a game and you know you need to bring that intensity onto the field and look at uh, no doubt uh, Cody will, will have the same uh, the same message to the boys on Sunday He batted off the question when I said look what about if it was like rugby where the referee goes to both managers beforehand and says this is what I'm going to be really looking out for this is what we're paying this year this is what you'll be blown against for this this is exactly what we're looking out for he said well I don't know how rugby works he didn't really want to get into it there but what do you think would that be fair enough because it's consistency that's what really bugs people 
Yeah, of course there's... Um, or inconsistency, I should well, say. Well, yeah, and look, referees ha- have a tough job as it is. And, you know, I do think maybe maybe better making better use of uh, the linesmen and umpires will make that job easier. You look at this year already, you look at the... You look at the I think the hit lean Blanfield Blanf- Blanf- put in against Waterford. I think it might have been on Austin Gleeson, I'm not sure who it was. And then you look at the hit Porrick Marr put in on Joe Canning. Again, one of them was a free, the other was a sideline cut, it might have been. So look at... Uh, we got caught earlier on the year with um with a with, with Chris Crummy's hit against Cork and he, he got a second yellow for it and uh, you know uh, we were 40 men down with a whole half to play so uh, you know again it is that consistency and I think uh, if players and managers know you know what what will what will be let go what won't be let go well then look I think you'll have a camera sideline and also uh, it gives players a chance well look at if I know on a big game that I cannot do this on the training field you're more than likely going to be more disciplined in your training in terms of what you need to do on a big game and just finishing on Brian Cody and what he just told us there I asked him about you know what it takes to get into the Kilkenny team is it strength is it skill is it mixing up both is it kind of spending enough time around the panel to develop both he said there's no one exact thing he wouldn't again give anything away but it's just painfully apparent regardless of who plays these are really well coached players and I don't just mean by Brian Cody I mean Kilkenny players by and large by the time they get into the Kilkenny squad they have a lot of those skills James Horne and I were at the All-Ireland semi-final last weekend in football and I said God some of those Kerry minors have great natural ability and he said it's, it's not natural ability it's natural coaching you're a coach how how much do coaching structures matter in a place like Kilkenny they just seem to do it really well and they have a lot of natural resources, but they manage them well. Yeah, well, look, Kilkenny is, uh, you know, for me, uh, looking at Kilkenny as probably a full-time coach here in Kilmacud, first of all, it was what they have is they have a very, very strong culture in there. Um, you know, and it's something that we're trying to bring bring here in Kilmacud Croaks, and I'm looking, indeed, Dublin, um, to bring that kind of, you know, hurling culture. Also, uh, what Kilkenny have is that, you know, from a very, very young age, all those players are exposed to big games. You know, they all go to, to Nolan Park, to watch the county championships they all go to watch Kilkenny in the big games and they see the top players perform at the highest level and for me as a coach you know it's no better reward than see a player uh, taking control in the pitch making the right decisions under pressure and that's what Brian Cody when you talk to him about his players you know, no more than Jim Gavin last week he'll talk about players under pressure pleasure, pressure making the, the right decisions and it's that- no coincidence that both Dublin and Kilkenny have great setups. Mm. regards coaching kids and bringing them through and we're seeing the benefits of that now with the Dublin footballers oh certainly look and you know they seem to be getting stronger if, if that and you know with, with, with the, the impact of the guys they can bring on the guys to start with it's just it's just phenomenal but again I still go back to the exposure obviously the coach structure are important you need good coaches to bring players through who when they get to the, you know get to a senior level that they're equipped with the skills and the mentality to make it at the very very top um, and I do think that part of that is uh, exposing players at a young age to these types of games. They learn an awful lot from that. Okay, Niall, for the moment, thank you very much. This is News Talks All Ireland Hurling Final Podcast. We're looking ahead to Kilkenny against Tipperary this Sunday in Croke Park. We're coming to you from Kilmacud Croke's main pitch in Stillorgan. Are we are we technically in Glen Album? I'm I'm always a bit confused. We are, yeah. This is this is the home ground. This is this is where it all happens. Uh, so this is our, our home our main home pitch with our clubhouse beside it. And then we have our two pitches in Limperstown and Silver Park. So this is this is uh this is the home. But is Glen Alban a separate parish to Stillorgan? Are we technically in Stillorgan or is there a place called Glen Glen Alban? You think I'd know this at this stage? 
<laughs> well, across the way there is Glenalbin House. Okay. And then, but I think we're in the in the parish. There's a parish you call the Parish ah. of Slogan. Okay. I think that's the, that's the separation. Thanks, Niall. We'll come back to you in a moment. And we will talk more about the Sevens, which takes place on Saturday here in Stillorgan, stroke Glenalbin, whichever you're having yourself, and around various venues in South Dublin. Uh, but first, though, I got the uh, varying opinions on the press as to how they think Sunday will go. And um, they seem to all fixate on Michael Fennelly being out. That seems to be a really big deal. And many people are making their prediction based on Fennelly's absence. Vincent Hogan, Independent News and Media. It's now or never for Tipperary. They've had so many shots at Kilkenny. And apart from 2010, when Henry Shefflin was injured, John Tennyson was injured, uh, they haven't got over the line. I think particularly with Michael Fennelly injured now, it's a huge chance for Tip. Michael Ryan has put a little bit of extra steel in them. I think there's, they've been set up from the start of the year with Kilkenny in mind. So I just have a hunch tip, tip by a narrow margin. Jason Byrne, GA journalist with the Irish Sun. I think Tip might nick it next week. Uh, I think they have uh, had Kilkenny in their sights for a long time since that uh, 2014 defeat, especially after the replay and all. And Michael Fenley's absence for Kilkenny is going to be massive. Um, Everyone knows that Brian Cody's going to mix things up in there anyway, but he might be Robin Peter to pay Paul this time uh, to try and sort that out. Tipperary have just been amazing in this championship, I think, so far. They seem to have that bit between their teeth, and they really seem to have used the hurt from last year to to get back to the final and get their first All-Ireland title since 2010. Like, when they won it in 2010, I'd say nobody thought in a million years that they would wait six years before they would win another one. And Michael Ryan's influence has been massive. You can tell that Tipperary kind of have that attitude that he had as a player, just tenacious and hungry and willing to fight till the very end. And uh, that win against Galway for them was massive last time out, I really thought. Um, just a great performance. And, you know, you can't judge them on the Munster final either. Like, Waterford came back to show that that was just an off day for them. But Tipperary really seemed to have the hunger this year. But it's going to be very, very close. You can never write Kilkenny off either, but uh, I'm going to write them off this time. John Fogarty, Irish examiner, GA correspondent. Um, I, I said Kilkenny from the start of the year and I'm not going to change it now as much as there's a, the Michael Fenley injury will change a lot of people's opinions um, I'm a bit worried from a t- Tipperary perspective that Seamus Kennedy is going to be singled out we've seen it before with, with uh, Tipperary Brian Cody for all the talk about tactics and he dismisses it out of hand he'd be looking at Seamus Kennedy as a weak link in that Tipperary backline. He did it with John O'Keefe before. We've never, we haven't seen John O'Keefe since. Um, I think they're going to target him. I think they're going to look at uh, Michael Cahill as well. Michael probably isn't at, at the strength that he, wa- or that he was before his injury there a couple of years ago. So there's a couple of weak links there as much as this, you know, you would imagine that midfield is has swung in uh, Tipperary's favour uh, John Dwyer simply has to start probably for Niall O'Mara Dan McCormick has been a very good workhorse on the half forward line for Tipperary and I, I still think Kenny know too many ways to win and that's why I'm backing up Sean Bond but I'm by Sport Radio on the Gael Um two weeks ago I would have said whoever won against, uh, against Galway and Tipperary I couldn't give a damn Kilkenny would win it but now that Michael Finley is missing it's a different ball game altogether I think it's going to be very very close uh, Tipperary this year are way tougher under Michael Ryan but they'll have to improve by 20% they won't improve 20% so still think even without Finley, Kilkenny by three So that was some members of the press talking to me at the All-Ireland Football Semi-Final last Sunday and they were looking ahead, obviously, to this Sunday's All-Ireland Hurling Final between Tipperary and Kilkenny. We're still here at Kilmacud Croaks. 
uh, ahead of the sevens which takes place on Saturday ahead of the uh, final which takes place on Sunday now Corcoran Michael Fenley's absence is a huge, huge deal for Kilkenny, isn't it? In a very negative way. Yeah, uh, look, he's a, first of all, he's a massive leader. He was hitting form at the right time. Uh, he's been through a lot of injuries and, and Kilkenny were glad to have him back this year and fine fettle. No doubt he will be a huge loss. But look at uh, Brian Cody and Brian Cody. No doubt he's telling those players... Uh, You've been written off because of one player, and I guarantee you that will be huge motivation for those guys come Sunday. Um, you have Lester Ryan step into the fray. You have John Shaw Farrell. Will they start him? The question is, will Teach start middle of the field and replace of Fenley, or will they start him full forward? Look, like any of options. Without Fenley, is a huge, huge loss in midfield. And Sunday will be, a, you know, whoever wins that battle, you know, I think will go a long way to bringing home uh, Lee McCarthy. But again, I'll go back to it. Uh, it'll be huge motivation for Kilkenny to go out and prove that they're, one, they're, not, they're not a one-man show. And no doubt that'll be the message coming from, from Kilkenny this week. Do you believe in bogey teams? And do you believe that Kilkenny are a bogey team for tip? Um, look, I think you mentioned earlier on goes back to mentality. You really, you know, um, people would have said, you know, Kilkenny are kind of a, you know, we, we would have had a mental block against Kilkenny. But look, at it's all, it's all your, it's all in your approach. Um, you know, I suppose for us um, going out against them, you know, we try to approach it where look, at they're just another team. It's another team, another day. And look, uh, the Tipperary have proven they can beat them in the past, and there's no reason. They can't do it again. Um, you know, if you, if you believe they are a bogey team, well then look, you, I think you create your future, and I think you know it's up to the players to decide. What, you know, what, what you know what they want on Sunday, and I I don't think uh, I don't think Michael Ryan will be will be suggesting that 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 uh, that these players that they're like a Kenny or a bogey team for them. I think you, the, the approach will be, look, it'll just another game. Here's the way we want to play, and let's go through the process, and hopefully the outcome will be desirable at the end of the 70 minutes. Well, the Kilkenny issue and whether or not they have some kind of Indian sign over Tipperary is something I've been speaking with tip midfielder and captain Brendan Marr about. But first, let's take a run through some of their close and not-so-close encounters uh, since 2009. It's Kilkenny who are the All-Ireland champions for 2009. I've no doubt in my mind there's an All-Ireland in this Tipperary team. We were going to be here last year, and, you know, we said we'd be back. And maybe some, somewhere along the journey, people doubted us. I never doubted this group, and thankfully today they get adjusted to us. It's a great honour for me as a Tipperary man to accept the Lee McCarthy Cup. 2009 is dead and buried. 2010 is true reality. And the referee has blown his whistle, and Kilkenny have won back the Liam McCarthy Cup. Kilkenny are the champions for 2011. It's been a remarkable comeback for a team beaten by eight points last September in a shattering experience. The shattering experience today belongs to Tipperary. Brian Gavin, I'd imagine, about to blow the final whistle and it's all over. So Kilkenny are the last men standing once again. The All-Ireland champions live to fight another day after a match that kept more than 23,000 people captivated here in Kilkenny's own backyard. Tipperary summer over, their championship journey is over. Is it a score for Tip? 
White. It's White. It's White. Oh, what a fantastic, what a fantastic call by the umpire. It was a fantastic call. He was, un- he was under a lot of pressure. You know, Tipper adamant it was a score, but he called for Hawkeye. Brilliant use of the technology. And that's a it's huge It's all one. over. It's gone for a replay for the third year in a row. That's it's it. all over. And Kilkenny have won the All-Ireland. But they are the champions again after a gap of two years. And the kid. Brendan Marr, we're here at the uh, pre-All-Ireland final press night. You're playing Kilkenny in the final. And I suppose you knew coming here that you'd be asked about Kilkenny. You'd be asked about the team's history with Kilkenny. You'd probably be asked about a couple of close calls in the last couple of years. So what are your thoughts on the whole Kilkenny thing? Because the perception might be that they have an Indian sign over you or, you know, you just can't manage to beat them. And they've got something that this tip team doesn't have. So I've no doubt that you've been thinking about what you'd say knowing this question was coming. What have you been thinking? Um, to be perfectly honest, they have had a hold over us. Um, in Look, we've played in, this is going to be the fifth final in eight years. Um, and obviously they have beaten us in, in three of them. You know, So we've only, we've only come out the right side of it in 2010. Um, that's not a, a good way to, to look back on things. But... I, I just I I have massive respect for the Kilkenny team. I think they've been great champions. I think possibly one of the greatest teams of all time. Um, we've obviously only played them. We had nine, ten, eleven, which was the three of those finals, and obviously 2014 was the the replay. Um, so to be honest, I just I'm just glad we're back to have another opportunity to um, to you know to pitch ourselves against the best team in the country. It's as simple as that. Um, we tried our best to get back there last year to have a crack at them. Fell short a hurdle before against Galway. Um, so, look, it's just nice to be back in a final now again, 12 months on, and, and be looking forward to another opportunity to to, know, to go up against the best. Collectively in the team, are people getting obsessive? Do you, as one of the leaders, have to kind of suss it out and say, hey, let's not get carried away here. They're just a team. We've come very close. Or do you have to address it? Do you let guys deal with it individually? Um, I think, look, I think this is a new team. It's a new Tipperary team. The team, maybe that you know, Kilkenny had a holdover, 9, 10, 11, 12. A lot, there's a lot of retirements there. There's probably a, a, maybe a group of seven or eight of us that are still around. Um, but the majority of this group are new Tipperary players. So they don't have that baggage, maybe. And we have acknowledged the baggage that we have had with Kilkenny. And we've spoken about it together and there's a, a nice freshness. And that is purely down to the new lads coming in. Um, they have just given us a new lease of life. We feel like we're, you know, we're starting off again. It's a new team. We feel like we're different. Um, and we just, you know, we want to pitch ourselves against the best now again mm. and hopefully come out the right side of it. I just refer to you as one of the leaders because you've been around for a very long time and you're the captain. But in many ways, are the young lads kind of the leaders? Because as you say, they don't have baggage. They don't care who they're playing in the next round because they... They haven't been hurt by life, essentially. Yeah, I remember um, when we came in in 2009, uh, there was a group of eight or nine of us that came out. We're, just, we're still under 21 at the time. We're all around 19, 20 years of age. And we were after winning two minors in a row and we'd been challenging for under 21 um, All-Ireland in 2008. Um, so I remember Declan Fannin referring to us as winners. He said, like he said, you know, you have the winning mentality. You need to bring that on to us. So the very minute we joined the panel, we were expected to be leaders. Um, and then obviously we had, look, 
I mean, I don't want to look back on it as all failures. I mean, we had some great years and, you know, I've won five Munster titles and it's not to disrespect Munster championships, but, you know, we only have one All-Ireland win and that's always what we're going to be remembered for in Tipperary because there's such a proud tradition. It's always how many All-Irelands you have. Um, So really, we went through a phase then of coming up against a Kilkenny team that were just phenomenal. Um, We challenged them a lot and were nearly there a lot at the time, but we just couldn't get over the line. Um, I think in the period of 2013-14 we had a lot of retirements we had a bit of a transition I suppose of like big changes in the panel and I think it was good that we remained competitive during that time and we were able to transition and create a new group whilst remaining competitive still challenging for an All-Ireland in 2014 won Munster in 15 lost by a point in semi-final back again this year retained our Munster crown and now back in All-Ireland so mm. um, do you know it's? I think it's been a good transition that, and it's probably been overlooked I think that people don't realise how much of a transition yeah. has happened um, so really I think we're probably at a stage where we were back in 2009 mm. 2008 2009 again where there was a new influx of players came in and we are now the Declan Fannins and Owen Kelly's back then yeah. That's us now, I suppose. We've had disappointments of losing all Ireland finals and losing close games and all of that. And we needed something to get us going and kick us on again. And that's what the new boys have really brought onto us. Is it a worry for you and maybe your generation of players that you'll be defined by these games against Kilkenny? And obviously, if this one doesn't go your way, it's it's another stick people can beat you with, fairly or unfairly. You know, what fans say, what media say, what outside of the group people say isn't necessarily accurate it isn't necessarily the right thing but it's out there and it's something you have to face if that's what people are saying yeah absolutely fairly or unfairly it's there um like we've been probably second only to Kilkenny overall with monster championships and wins overall but that's what you're going to remember that's the the team that couldn't you know get over Kilkenny like they were we've been the team that have been challenging them consistently but look they've beaten every team we've probably just came closest. Yeah. But that's why we're remembered, because we've been the team that has been closest to them. Um, but look, I mean... As an athlete, is that kind of a weird compliment, close but just... Oh, you know? Yeah, it is, it is. Um, but to be honest, look, we still have a lot of years ahead of us and yeah. we're just living in the now. 2016 is, is where we are and we're thinking of that now only winning the All-Ireland in 2016. That's our, our goal. We're not thinking about what has happened in the past. We're not thinking about what's going to happen next year. All we're thinking about now is throwing everything we have at at the at the All Ireland this year. The legacy isn't a worry to you. No, it's because I mean you can always there's always still time to write a legacy. It's not, you know, what has happened in the past isn't going to define us. Yeah. We're still in the middle of our careers, so you know we're like I mean if this happens for another five years where we don't win an All Ireland in the next five years, then it will define us. But at the moment we're still in the middle. We're at the prime peak of our years. Like I'm 27 years of age. Yeah. So I think I hope I have a still another few years left in me. Um, so I think we're still in the middle of it. Yeah. So like, I don't think we're going to be defined by that and we're going to do everything to make sure we're not. Yeah, I mean, this is a compliment, but I'm surprised you're only 27. I knew it, but I always kind of have to remind myself because you've been around for such a long time. Michael Ryan has been around a good while as well. He was part of Eamon O'Shea's backroom team. He was part of Liam's for a time as well. And he, it's strange, when he took over, people thought he'd probably just continue on what Eamon did, but he hasn't. He's gone his own way. Uh, people have left the panel. There's been a lot of changes you have mentioned. And you're a very different team style-wise to what you were last year, but all the good things are still there. Yeah, well, look, I mean, um, 
not only Mick, but the likes of Declan Fannin, Connor Stakel, John Madden that have come in. I think they're they're a good good mix, and they realise like that they play to our strengths. And obviously, he wanted to put his own stamp on it. And you know, there's just a different maybe emphasis in training um, towards what we would have done in previous years. Um, it's not rock. It's not any, anything fancy or that much different. It's just maybe a different focus on, on what type of training we do and the way we train. But in general, I have to compliment the attitude of the players. And Mick will tell you that himself. It's the attitude of the players that will make all the difference. Like Mick and the management team are excellent, and but they could have come, on, come in with the best ideas and the best drills. But if you don't have the attitude, right attitude from the players, it's a waste of time. Mm. So I think it's a combination of both. Um, as I said, the new players that have come in have just been really, really good, applied themselves an awful lot. And obviously we've been there, we've had the experience, so we know what it takes mm. um, to, to get to, to where we want to be. So um, it's been a mixture of a, a massive working attitude and honest, like make us as honest as the day is long. And he reflects that on towards then and we try and repay him with as much honesty as possible. What are those changes? And I know you're probably thinking, God, I don't want to give anything away, but you know yourself, Brian Cody's a smart man. He's probably seen them on the pitch. He knows what they are as much as you do at this stage. Um, look, I suppose it's not, as I said, it's not major, um, but it's maybe just the messages that are being given across are more about our attitude, uh, about positive body language and energy and work rate. And it's, they are the messages that we're getting because we have the hurling. Um, and our, I think the intensity of our trainings has has probably gone up. We, we're always we've always trained intensely, yeah. but um, this year it's probably just a mix of players just really like being chomping at the bit every training session and leading it and really kind of driving each other on. And then obviously um, Decton and and the boys setting out proper drills for us like that we can just go out and, and explode. You know, is that is that intensity up in, in matches? Is that ability to win ball up in matches because? You've got guys working incredibly hard, hooking, blocking, tackling, doing all that kind of stuff. That's as important as the skills of the game, as Brian Cody told me a couple of years ago after an All-Ireland final win. Combined with the fact that you've got you know, really good physicality in this team. I mean, that half-back line is like the Great Wall of China. And I suppose every strong team and every team that builds a legacy has that kind of strong half-back line. You think of Cork in the mid-2000s and even up front, John McGrath. Like, guys are bouncing off him and he doesn't even notice them. And he, the goal he got against Galway in the semi-final, the keeper hit off him but he maintained his composure and coolly finished. Yeah, I think, um, I suppose physically we're, we're a lot stronger, like players that were there already, but I think that has been a natural progression. Yeah. It's not down to a different approach at all. It's We've had the same strength and conditioning coach for the last, this is fourth year with us. He had told us coming in, he was going to take him a couple of years to get us mm. to where we wanted to be. So really last year and this year, he's really, He's happy with where we're at. Yeah. We're all stronger. We're more powerful. But I think every team is probably going in that direction. Yeah. It's probably just. Do you feel that on the pitch? Or do you feel it's making a difference on the pitch? Particularly, we'll say, in the last ten minutes against Galway last week, it was quite clear you were I really able for those collisions. It does. It definitely does. You have to be physically ready and physically conditioned to be able to cope with the demands of a high intensity game like that. So, um, do you know? Look, the game against Kilkenny now is going to be similar to that of Galway. Do you know? It's going to be a lot of tackling. And you know, two sets of players that just want to give everything and are going to be willing to put their bodies on the line to, to win for their county. One last question. You're only 27, but as we say, you've been around for a while. Your approach to finals and big games, how has it changed over the years? When you're younger, are you a bit more cavalier? And now that you're more experienced, I won't say older, you know, do you worry more? Do you worry less? How does it change or how does how, how is it? Where is it? 
Um, you try and get back to basics and make sure that you do the simple things right, yeah. simple things in training, and stick to your routine. Um, I'm not going to say it's only another game, but you have to treat it the same as, you know, I kind of have a thing of that, you know, I train as I intend to play, so I focus on training and I just focus on one day at a time yeah. and making sure I can get something out of that day, whether it be resting properly or training really hard up in the field, training in the gym, whatever it is, just take it one day at a time and then once it comes to Saturday night, Sunday morning when you're waking up to go to the match, you can look back and say, look, I've prepared the best that I can. It gives you massive belief then going out onto the field and you just go out and you, you throw everything you have at it and, and see what happens. Best of luck. Thanks very much. Brendan Maher speaking to me ahead of the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Final this Sunday. It's Kilkenny against Tippett throws in at 3.30. We're here at Kilmacud Croaks, Niall Corcoran, uh, Dublin hurler and obviously Kilmacud Croaks hurler still with me. Former Galway minor player as well. Interesting point made by Brendan Maher. He said that even if it doesn't work out on Sunday, that's not the legacy. He's only 27 and it's a very young squad and they still have time. Of course they do, you know, looking through it. Look at look at Rowan Maher, number six, and, and, and his brother Porrick. You know, you look at Carl, Carl Barrett, they've, they've, they've youth throughout the team and experience. And they've also guys there who've won, who've won medals. And, you know, those guys will be using their experience to, to, to bring it through on Sunday. You know, a tip, I think, you know, again, a huge, a huge few years ahead of them. Uh, with the, with, with, I suppose with the, the quality of players they have, you know, you know, you expect them to, to be in the final every year. Um, and with the age profile, as you mentioned, there's no there's no reason why um, why they can't be and why why they can't be consistent and I suppose that's what it's all about for me it's all about being consistent every year what can Kenny do bring that they bring that consistency every year you know what you'll get with them and I don't think you know there's any other team that can match that consistency and that's probably the challenge not only for Tipperary but for but for the rest of us going forward okay let's hear from Owen Larkin and Paul Murphy Kilkenny forward and uh, Kilkenny cornerback obviously Murphy is the cornerback and Larkin is the forward uh, before we hear from them Niall uh, Murph obviously as a fellow cornerback is a man you'd admire greatly I'm sure oh yeah look at a um, phenomenal player and uh, he burst on the scene I think it was in 2011 and uh, you know he's just uh, got better and better and remember I think listening to an interview of him and uh, I think after his first Ireland and I think he, 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 the advice he got from, from the likes of Jackie Terrell and JJ Delaney was just this is just another game yeah. and it's the way he approaches I think he's, he's, he's just he's done that but he's, he's also become a, a real leader on the Kilkenny team you know not just the cornerback he's become one of the pivotal leaders for him and you know, when he's not in the full back line you can see that they are in trouble sometimes Is Larkin running at you about as horrible as it gets for a <laughs> defender at inter-county level? I used to have Stephen Heine in front of me to protect me but now, he, now he's gone so uh, yeah. yeah look at he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a strong player strong in the air good in the ground uh, you know there's a reason why he's won her of the year you know he's just a, a key player for them also well, Larkin's been around a long time a lot longer than Murph so I asked him how if at all, his preparation for All-Ireland Finals has uh, changed over the years. You know, I've been around f- for a number of years and I know it's required. So um, it's just hard work and training, you know, trying hit hit form at the right time, which, you know, I'm hoping that, that I will. And, uh, you know, that's basically it. Just mind yourself, look after yourself, yeah. you know, get diets, water, all that kind of stuff in order, plenty of sleep and plenty of rest when we're not training. So, you know, it's all the same things that I've done you know, since I started my inter-county career, so um, there'll be nothing changing. Paul Murphy is next on the hit list there. He's over there in his phone. Do you have a question for Paul Murphy before the All-Ireland final? I'm going to let you guys interview each other. Come on over, Paul. Owen Larkin, what's your question for Paul Murphy? And don't worry, you'll get your revenge. You'll get to ask Owen Larkin a question as well. I think you go to Paul and come back to me. I'll go to Paul first, so, Paul. 
I suppose uh, if, if you're thinking of preparation for the for the All Ireland, you know you'd be picturing your own game and all that stuff. As a back, is you're thinking of winning the first ball and different things. But sure, what would a forward be thinking? I suppose first score is really the most important thing. But what does a forward be thinking before the All Ireland? What's the most important thing going out in the pitch? Good question. Yeah, well, uh, I always just think you know, and I just remember back to the club days. Brian McVeigh used to say when he was in Crow Park, you know, all he wanted to do was just lash in the first ball and work his way into the game. So. Um, I always just think going out, just you know, it mightn't happen happen for you for ten or fifteen minutes, but if you just work, keep working, you know, things will, you know, the ball spill out to you, maybe that'll get you into the game. So that's all. That's all I think of going out in the field. If I can, if I can keep working, even if it's not rolling for me, you know, things will change. And your question for Paul? Well, I suppose um, Paul spoke about early in, early in the year, um, you know, wanting the ball to come into me corner. Uh, the first day we were out against Dublin and, you know, when he went out then, the first ball landed down on top of me, grabbed it and cleared it 100 yards. So I'd imagine, you know, that has to be a huge boost of confidence for you going out and knowing that you're after catching the first ball and just driving on. You know, I suppose it has to be anyone's dream for the first ball to come down to you in all Ireland final and, you know, you catch it and drive it the length of the field. It surely would be a big confidence booster. Is it? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think um, a, a back really just wants to get a ball and kind of maybe rattle his man in the first few minutes. Like you know, I think that's what all backs think. And but I suppose really forwards thinking as well. Obviously, it's really just getting the ball in hand to calm down and get into the match. But yeah, in the back's mind, you, you're just hoping a ball comes down and you can just get attack it because a lot of the nerves before the match is all this built-up energy, and you want to expend a bit of that energy and just running, attacking the ball. I suppose getting a good run under your belt, your nerves will settle. Your nerves will settle as well just from getting the ball. So, yeah, it's it's a great thing to get. If you get a ball nice and early in the match and get it cleared, you're in the match straight away and your mind is focused. And you know, it's 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 a great confidence boost. How much do you guys talk about the All Ireland final and the lead-in? Is it something because Kilkenny have done it so often, you actually don't really have to talk about that much, or does it occupy you 24/7? And any time you two guys sit down together or meet or or go on the WhatsApp group or whatever, that's what you're talking about. We do talk about it. Like it's it's still excitement, you know. We're looking forward to it, and you know it would be discussed among the panel, but not extensively or anything like that. We don't get hung up on on, on things, you know. We we still live our lives, but you know, obviously we have to do the right things coming up to the All Ireland. But generally, we would talk about, you know, as I said to you before. We love doing it, and you know the excitement and looking forward to it. That's what it's all about. Yeah, like we do, we do talk about it. I think we talk a lot more about training in the run up to it, really, though, because um, like the match day, we do address it as another match. I know that's a bit of a cliche, but that's the way we do um, approach it. But I think we, we talk more about training. We say, how do you think training went the other night, or you know, how do you think you went yourself? I think that's the way players really talk to each other in the run up because their players are looking to train and for training to be good in the run up to the All Ireland to get a bit of confidence going in and I think that's the way we approach it. I don't we don't really talk in WhatsApp saying how do you think the All Ireland's going to go because yeah. no one really wants to talk about that to be honest. You you're more you more want to talk about the soccer matches on television than the WhatsApp. But when it comes to just us if myself and Owen were talking in work we'd be kind of asking we tired after last night or how do you think last night went or how do you think tonight's going to go that's really more we talk well, you boys work together of course I forgot you're both army men aren't you yeah yeah so we'd pass each other the odd time there now it's grand like you know if, if after a tough session the following morning if you're feeling a bit sore you'd pass Larks you might say are your hamstrings sore tonight or you're quite sore and if he says yeah you're going oh, that's alright so I thought it was just me but um, that's yeah like them sort of things are really more of what we're talking about it, it, it's a long build up to an All-Ireland if you're talking about it too early three or four weeks you know you're well wore out by that stage you know. do you mark each other ever one 
last question for you Owen because I know you're in demand yeah once or twice once or twice alright I don't I spent I spent half my life marking Tommy Welch and the, oh, the, a quarter of marking Parag Welch and the other quarter marking him so I don't, <laughs> I don't really fancy it to be honest <laughs> ok Owen Larkin thank you very much Paul Murphy you're going to stay with me here as we uh, build up to the All-Ireland final it's press day in Kilkenny or steak night as the journalists like to call it um, how difficult is it on the pitch when a team throws something different and who knows what Tipperary will do the next day how difficult is it to adapt because it's hard maybe for the management to get their message across maybe players are kind of figuring it out how does it work when Waterford go we'll say Orthodox 15 on 15 and I know Derek McGrath has said well it's not that simple but for, for argument's sake we'll say it was how do you set up there on the pitch what do you do where do the commands come from how does it work well look before the match Brian goes around to his, each of us individually and he said look just settle into it, go with your man there and see what's happening because you know the management to a certain degree can get messages to players on the pitch but players kind of have to call it on the pitch as well when they see it and the safest thing to do is look every, there's 15 players and 15 players go with your man and if they're trying to for example pull Joey Holden out to centre back and get Park Wilch in full back or whatever it's going to be go with your man you're capable of hurling the man in that position and that's just what we do and you find that after 10 minutes or so you know there'll be breaks someone might get injured they'll be free or whatever and you can reset at that time and you can kind of assess the situation but there should be no real problem that a player is posed on the pitch where they go I can't deal with this you know every player you've seen Killian Buckley when he originally started playing for Kilkenny he was hurling wing forward midfield now he's half back well there should be no difference if Killian Buckley is left half back and for two minutes he gets dragged in full back Killian Buckley is a brilliant hurler he's a fantastic athlete there should be no reason he can hurl there and that's the attitude we approach it but there should be nothing that a team should throw at us if we think we're good enough to win the All-Ireland anything that anyone throws at us we should be able to deal with and that's really our attitude when we go out on the pitch Does that level of calm come from the fact that by the time you make your debut for Kilkenny you're generally in your early to mid-twenties and there are obvious exceptions Killian being one of them Patrick Welsh being another one but he's a Walsh yeah, they're all just different. different yeah they're different Does that is that where the maturity comes from? Um, yeah I suppose a, a lot of lads and I don't think there's any right or passage that you have to serve time I think you saw Liam Blanchfield last week you know turning to an or two weeks ago turning to an all semi-final and that's just the way it is I think it's just kind of true competition players just end up serving a, a bit time longer when they get their chance they are a bit more calmer they've been through a bit more um, they've been through the ringer a small bit more so they know what the story is and just calmness comes through experiences like that it's not a thing that Brian says well listen I know you're hurling great now but you're going to have to serve two or three years it just so happens that you know you might have a fella there like when I came in first there was Michael Kavanagh and Noel Hickey and these lads so the thing is in front of you basically saying that if you want to get on this team you're going to have to perform and you're going to have to show a bit of maturity here and things so the the, the kind of challenges posed to you straight away and through all these challenges calmness just comes you know there's no point in going out on the pitch after going through all these challenges and then suddenly going if you know they go two or three points ahead that you're panicking you know because you've posed bigger challenges and in hurling two or three points isn't a big lead you know one puck of a ball and it's gone you know so I think just through the small experiences you, you, you go through through training and different matches over the years that calmness just grows into you and you don't even know you have it really to be honest How much do you relive a game and moments of a game I mean you did so many good things across the two games but had that shot that you missed in the first game meant that Kilkenny didn't equalise or didn't get the winner well I clarify the point had that shot against Waterford really cost you which in the end it didn't is that something that you could have easily lived with or how do you deal with it yeah no it, it wouldn't have phased me to be honest because it wasn't the thing that at the time I got the ball and there was five lads around me who could have taken the ball and put the ball over the bar it was kind of a case that as soon as the ball was going to go dead um 
it was probably going to be over and I got the ball and if I delayed any longer I could see I, I can't remember who it was it was Jamie Barron or someone from the right was coming in to block me someone else was in front of me and there was no one visible around me so I knew taking the shot for good, bad or indifferent was the best thing to happen obviously a few day, for the few days after I was kind of kicking myself saying we would yeah. be in All-Ireland now but, but then again when we came to the Waterford match I think we upped our game a small bit more so after the Waterford match I actually looked at it and said maybe it wasn't a bad thing I mean if you told me at the time yeah. I would have rather scoring it but yeah. You know, I think we learned a lot more about ourselves in the replay of the Waterford match. So, all in all, when you look back over the two weeks, you kind of say, well, maybe it was a blessing. And you knew that you were level, so it was essentially a 50-50 shot to nothing. This is worth a punt. It was really, look, in, in the moment, I got the ball. I knew we were level, but it was I got the ball, just get a shot. Like That's all it was, because when I got to that stage it was just frantic you know there was a lot of stuff going on and I think the pass was even just over hit a small bit so that was part of the whole f- uh, frantic of the situation like you know so it was really just a case of get a ball whoever get it you know even if Joey Holden came out or if it was Larkin whoever just get the ball and take a shot because it was the situation just called for someone getting it and because so many lads were getting hooked and blocked and everything I think the person who made the next opportunity to just get a free shot where they were able to stand and strike well that was the best person to take shot it doesn't really matter that it was me you know cornerback is a position you've made your own Brian has occasionally moved players around and changed players is there anywhere else on the field that you'd like to play is there anywhere you'd fancy a, a goal you talked to Tony Larkin earlier on about being a forward would you ever like that uh, no, that's I, that you tell Brian your job now let's make this clear um, I think back in my Tony Forrestal days, I was a corner forward and all that, and I, I, I slowly drifted back. So I don't know. I don't think there's any positions left for me now at this stage. But um, I don't really, to be honest, because um, I've had so many great days of corner back. Like I've always said it to Brian, you know, if he wants to play me anywhere else, he, by all means, you know. And I have played out wing back at different times. When I first came into the panel, I played a match up in, in Antrim and I was centre forward, you know. So I have been moved around. It's just corner back has worked, you know, and it suits my style of play. But like I said earlier, you know players get pulled and dragged all over the place it's not a case anymore like maybe 30 years ago where you started right corner back you didn't drift out a right corner back for the whole thing quite often now like when I got the chance against Waterford I was up around left half forward at that stage so you start right corner back you played the majority of your game there but you're, you have to be well capable of hurling the other positions because you get dragged around so much in the modern game now that if you get dragged out of your position, it can't be a case of, you know, I'm right cornerback, I have to go back in here. You just have to go with your man. If you end up in midfield, which so often happens, you just have to deal with it. So right cornerback is the position you start in the programme, but it's not necessarily the position that you, you stringently stay in for the whole match, you know. It'll be a battle of the giants against Tipperary, won't it? I mean, especially if bubbles start, they love running at defences. Yeah, look, they're very free hurlers, you know. They like getting the ball. Individually, they're all well able to run at us and hurt us in, in their own different ways regardless be it Bubbles or Bonner or Seamus Callan, you know they're all well capable and I think that's the challenge that poses to us as six backs whoever we may be starting that you know you're, whoever you're going to be marking they're a match winner you know and that's the thing that Tipperary have had over the last few years and when you're going out there's nothing better to focus you going out to a match knowing that the fellow you're on is capable of just lighting up the day be it Bubbles like I said be it Seamus Callan, uh, be it one of the McGraths whoever it is you know you just know that you're going out marking an absolutely top class intercounty hurler and you just it focuses you straight away finally as a commentator can you Joey Holden and um, Shane Prendergast perhaps do me a favour and 
change your colour of helmets because it's very often three green helmets playing across the full back line and it's tough Paul it's not easy for the commentators <laughs> well you're meant to be the best commentators in the country no, so that's your cunning you that's your canning or, you or Dave Mack not me you should be able to decide which one's which Joy doesn't even hold a hurl in the same hand I, I actually don't even know how her hand Shane Pendergast holds a hurl but uh, well I was there first and I had the first green helmet yeah. so if the boys want to change they have a word well I'll say it to him, but I'm probably not going to change it 10 days before a match <laughs> Paul Murphy and Owen Larkin speaking to News Talks All-Ireland final podcast we're still here at Kilmacud Croaks ahead of the Sevens which takes place on Saturday it's a massive part of the All-Ireland weekend and uh, we'll be coming to you live part of the day from the Sevens because obviously we're at Electric Picnic as well and we'll be looking ahead to Ireland against Serbia in the World Cup qualifier Um, Niall the two lads seem to enjoy each other's company they seem to have a bit of crack how important is that in an inter-county squad ah look it's massive you know you train hard and uh, you give a lot of, lot, lot of your, your you give all your time to the cause and uh, it's important that you enjoy what you do and it's, look from from those two lads they really sound that they that you, they, they enjoy what they're doing and they enjoy being, being around each other in the squad and look you spend so much time with each other with training with games uh, with team meetings it's important that you know that, that you get on that you that you respect each other and look at it that you have the crack because look you only get so long at, at this thing and then it's finished and um, you want to look back in your career and say look you know I'm glad I did that you know and I, I, these two boys obviously will have no regrets uh, uh, in years to come now let's talk about the game itself um, Tipperary Steel that's what everyone seems to be focusing on Tipperary strength that seems to be the talking point anytime you talk to a pundit or a journalist obviously it was a, a feature in the Vox Pop we did with the, the press a couple of minutes ago what do you think? Is that the defining factor of Tipperary this year so far? It certainly has been from from looking looking at, uh, from it on the outside, and you know they, re- they really cruised through Munster, in my opinion. And when the chips were down in that semi-final, you know they just they just came good the right time, uh, even though they went behind, they kept plugging away and I said already it was it was their their big players came up trumps uh, the Shamey Callanans who you know was tied up but still created those chances you know the bubbles who came on took his chance really really well the Bonnermar who who went through a huge amount of work I think dispossessed uh, dispossessed uh, one of the Galway players with, with two minutes to go and turned over the ball it was a huge dispossession uh, and again Parik Mar to hit look to have that to have that kind of ruthlessness that you know, maybe they haven't had before and look, they'll need that come Sunday against against the Kenny team, who who probably are the epitome of of, of uh, as I said, the villain, the horror movie, who just who just will not go away. And um, but there will be some key battles, no doubt. You know, uh, the question will be, you know, will the man mark Richie Hogan? You know, look at the damage he's done with them through them the last couple of years. What happens if you plan to man mark Richie Hogan and? You plan it that he's either a half forward or a midfielder, but then he goes back to the half back line or drifts around or goes wherever he wants because we saw TJ dropping incredibly deep the second day against Watford Mm. and it worked. And I guess the thinking there was get him more space, get him on the ball more, Mm. make him more involved in the game. Yeah, it's crucial, you know. Certainly, from a, from a back point, back point of view, it's crucial that you that you keep your fort, you keep your shape, keep your structure. Uh, and someone like Richie Hogan dropping out deep um, and getting on the ball, look, it's going to hurt you. Um, so the question for Tipperary will be, 
do they stick someone like Cottle Barrett, Barrett on him who you know who is a, an excellent cornerback but then how far does he go if, if you mentioned Richie goes goes across the, the, his half back line there's someone from the half forward line picking up maybe possibly someone like Brendan Maher who would be used to playing defence and who might take on that role but that'll take a lot of communication in a, in a, in a stadium full of 80,000 people you know are they, are they going to have that structure look I'm sure they will they've, I'm sure they'll, they'll, have, they'll have, uh, have their plans set in place but you know for me you know if I was the manager look at a, I'd be looking at certainly putting the shackles on Reggie Hogan I think he's, 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 he's a very very dangerous forward for Kilkenny Bubbles has to start for Tipperary doesn't he didn't start the last day missed out on the Munster final but we saw the effect that he had when he came on against Galway yeah look he's a serious operator um, he's a serious finisher you know, I don't know if any other forward in the country would have, would have finished that goal uh, from that angle against Galway Ryan Adore maybe yeah maybe Ryan would say he'd have created a, he'd have created a good score for him but uh, look at uh, you know again it's the question uh, Michael, uh, Michael Ryan does have do I start him or do I use him, use him as an impact sub um, Niall Amara is a kind of guy who will work very hard again I saw him out, out around the middle of the field I think at the start of the first half uh, against Galway uh, picking up ball working hard getting hooks and blocks in um, but Bubbles is a finisher uh, Bubbles you know you give, him, you give him half an inch and the ball's over the bar in the back of the net and I think uh, one thing Michael Ryan will want to do Sunday is really test that Kilkenny full back line and uh, you're looking at sticking you know Shamey Callan in on Joey Holden and Bubbles in the corner and John McGrath the way he's playing at the moment you know not out to Bray you'll want that ball in fast those guys uh, they are finishers what's your prediction? ooh um, you know a lot of people are saying a Tipperary but I find it very hard to write off Kilkenny um, even without the likes of Michael Fennelly I think that'll be just fuel for the fire for those guys um, I'd nearly call a draw but if you know, uh, but if I had to, if 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 there was a you know call to be made, I'd take any by a point. I just I just think that um, this year, you know, they've come out again with that. I don't know what you call it, but that kind of ruthless consistency of just wanting to be the best. And again, you know, the more talk about Michael Fenley be missing, I think the more those boys will rise to the occasion. Uh, you know, the question will be, uh, will Tip, you know, Tip will need six forwards firing and will need like Rona Mar. I think Rona Mar will be crucial uh, on on Sunday and the battle in midfield. You know, uh, if 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 Kilkenny win that battle with Conor Fogarty there, he'll probably shove out midfield now and maybe maybe Joyce will go into Mark Bonnermar. Um I think that'll be a huge uh, huge battle. But look at, I'll go for Kilkenny by a point. Big, big call from Niall Cork. And Niall, the minor final, obviously, uh, is on before Tip and Kilkenny on Sunday. And that sees Limerick, with your old gaffer Anthony Daly involved, uh, coming up against Tipperary. Tipperary had way too much for them in the Munster final. But generally, teams don't batter teams like that the second day out, do they? No, and not a minor, really, because, you know, I suppose at minor, it's probably you turn up on the day and you don't really know what's going to happen until the ball's running really with, with 17, 18 year olds uh, and again against uh, Tipperary looked God they looked, they looked really really good against Galway you know very very ruthless altogether and they had to have a team set up that you know, it's, it's going to be hard breakdown but you know Anthony Daly and Anthony Daly will have analysed that and will have a plan in place for uh, for a success a success for Limerick on Sunday but yeah Ocean at minor you know I think it's a big day big occasion 
you know who'll handle it, who'll handle it better. Uh, Tipper there last year, beaten by Galway. Maybe he'll have some players of that experience of the big day. Uh, Limerick again, you know, watch a bit of him in the Munster final. Have some good players, but again, it's it's the occasion. Who'll handle the occasion better? And look, I think that 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 that'll be a big big part of the of the of the outcome of that match. Cast yourself back to the year 2000 when you were involved against Cork. A game you you won. How did you feel ahead of the game? Was it nerves? Was it excitement? What was it? I think, yeah, I think it was it was just a bit of, you know, anxiousness and excitement all at the same time. I remember we leave, leaving the City West and uh, John Hardy at the time was uh, was our manager uh, and a former Atten Roy player and he put on this little clip of a, a video clip, a little motivation clip for us and God, you know, that was a... That, that was what was the clip? That was just, just I think, uh, the year before they'd won uh, the Ireland minor. Um beaten Tipperary and they'd shown some of our clips I think we'd beaten Limerick along the way we'd awfully and uh, look a kind of that was the first time I'd, I'd been exposed to like that and hopping on the bus really 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 up for the game and uh, you know playing Cork of all teams I think uh, at under 16 we'd beat them in the Arabon and that was kind of that was that was the team for us you know and Mark and Stanto had been in that, in that match as well, so it was a uh, was a huge experience uh, looking up at him, and he was a big guy then, and he got bigger even uh, uh, since then. So uh, yeah, look, it was it was a brilliant occasion, uh, kind of mixture of nerves and excitement. Uh, but I suppose for me, it, it kind of you know once the game got going, the game got going, you kind of forgot about the crowd, you find you yeah. kind of forgot about you know everything going around about it. You went and played your game and. Uh, Oh, that year, we'd, we'd, Damien Hayes was, you know, was probably our standout player. Jerry Farrer and Richie Murray captained the team, so we'd, we'd some Tony Ogut fullback. God, we'd some, some, some fabulous players, and uh, yeah, it was a, one of those uh, memories. I remember going back to City West, and uh, Kilkenny had won the Senior Ireland, and bought in the same hotel, and we, and I think, uh, you know, we'd, it was a good night, put it that way. So it was a, it was a long night, but look, it, it was uh, there are memories that you don't forget, and. Um, you know the minor grade and all, and all changing now I think in a couple of years and uh, you know it's always something that uh, I always look back on with you know deep fondness and uh, you know not everyone gets a chance to do it and play and play at you know at Crow Park at, at such a young age and look at uh, it's uh, certainly one that, uh, that I won't forget We are here at uh, Kilmacud Crokes you might be hearing in the background the ball hitting the wall and in an unusual step these young fellas are hitting it against the wall and actually catching it as it bounces. I like to let it fly away from me and you know take a few seconds to compose myself before I go again Uh, but Niall Apple Green have come on board as sponsors to the Sevens uh, this year and that is a huge vote of confidence in a very important tournament and a very big part of All-Ireland Final Weekend Oh yeah look at um, I suppose Apple Green are a huge national brand and are also a brand associated but you know what Within a local community, and you know, being in slogan and, and being what the GA club's all about, you know, it's associated with, with community, and uh, I think it's a very, very appropriate sponsor for us. And I think we're, you know, extremely lucky to get someone like Apple Green supporting the event. But the sevens, for me, you know, has always been a, you know, a huge, huge occasion. I've become there since I was 16 years of age, and wow. uh, you know, playing in it, watching the teams, uh, watching kind, you know, watching intercounty players. I remember coming up and, uh, you know, watching uh, the famous uh, Galway club teams like. The, the Kiltormers, the Athenry, and uh, I remember watching Joe Rabbit one year and give an exhibition, exhibition in here in a, in, a, in a sevens final. And uh, yeah, look, it's a huge occasion. I think yeah, a lot of young players will come up and uh, they'll see the Joe Cannings and, and these guys uh, around the place. And you're looking for an Ireland ticket, you're, you're sure to pick one up also. But it's a huge occasion for the club. Uh, it, it is in a, an All Ireland competition after all. And uh, you know we've been lucky enough to win it once uh, with the club. And um, you know it's certainly it's a great one. 
to have on your CV and uh, it brings huge uh, huge prestige to the club and it gives us a chance to showcase uh, showcase our club and uh, you know the, the, this wouldn't happen without the, the huge amount of volunteers Ocean, you wouldn't believe the amount of uh, volunteers we have who are just just give their life to the club and uh, you know it's incredible and you know without that voluntary effort and you know good leadership from the likes of Peter Walsh as chairman and I think it's the one time you know, the whole club just comes together and, and makes the work over I suppose over the, the three or four weeks in September you know it's it's uh, it's always an occasion that you know we get so much from and Crokes won it back in 2014 after a long long gap so no doubt you want to do it again two and three two and three years wouldn't be bad no, we take that all right. Yeah, it was the first time we won it in 2014, actually, and you know it set us up for for um, you know a huge successful club championship. Uh, we went on and beat Jude's in the in a thrilling final uh, that year, and um, beat my Bally Hale in the club championship, uh, Leinster championship. But look at uh, yeah, and again we're, we're the same way. Ali Baker at the helm of us again this year, and uh, we'll be using that as a you know extremely good uh, championship preparations uh, for our for for what lies ahead. And look, at I've also had some teams from ringing me, uh, teams from Galway ringing me, uh, looking about the, the the size of the pitch and dimensions. Uh, huge t- teams with ambitions of coming up here and and you know really really going for this because uh, it is uh, it's the one. When you mention when you mention the Ireland Sevens, you know straight away, you, you know it's Kilmer Crokes, you know you know what it brings, and, and I think everyone involved with a GA club has been here at some at some stage of their of their hurling or, or indeed football careers. Yeah, I remember watching uh, Shane O'Donnell and Brendan Marr give master classes last year, and it's great to see them up close. It's a different thing, isn't it, watching them literally on the side of the pitch? Again, I'm looking at this from a coach and looking at my under nines and tens going out and looking looking at these guys in action and uh, you know uh, on our on our pitch and and what they bring to it and uh, I watched Brendan Marr last year I think it was Boris Lee I won it last year and look extremely talented players and again it gives us a chance to uh, expose our players to to to, to these you know top class inter county players and look at it it's, it's all the sweeter if uh, if our own team can can come along and uh, and win it you know it makes it even better. Yeah, well, the hurlers won it in 2014. Crooks footballers won it last year, and uh, the pressure is on for this year. Niall Corkin, thank you very much. That's it for News Talks All Ireland Final Podcast. We came to you today from uh, Kilmacud Crooks Clubhouse in Stillorgan. If you're around on Saturday, get along to the Sevens. If you can't make it, you'll be able to uh, get the sights and sounds of it from Off the Ball on News Talk. And of course, we'll be going over and back to Electric Picnic. We've got some great guests there. Also, as well as all that, we'll have a build-up to Ireland against Serbia in the World Cup qualifiers. It's all Ireland hurling final weekend. It's tip against Kilkenny. It's always a massive, massive deal in the uh, Irish sporting calendar, regardless of who plays, although generally it is Kilkenny. And I think um, it really should be a bank holiday weekend. I think it's that big, Niall, yeah? I totally agree with you, Shane. Yeah, I think I think the whole country would uh, would uh, take that one. Maybe, maybe it might happen. OK, well, you can get me on at Oisín Langan. Keep an eye on newstalk.com forward slash sport for team news, etc. Uh, later in the week. And obviously, I'll have all the latest uh, for you on News Talk Breakfast across the course of the week. And the lads will have everything on Off the Ball from 7 o'clock on uh, the weeknights and uh, 1 o'clock on Saturday and 12 o'clock on Sunday. Enjoy the All-Ireland Hurling final this Sunday. Tipperary against Kilkenny. Uh, you'll be able to follow it on News Talk. We've got live coverage with Dahi Regan, among many, many others. Uh, from... Kilmacud Croaks uh, Clubhouse in Stillorgan. Uh, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Niall.